What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Good evening. Good evening. Wow. Wow. So... Welcome online audience to Next Level Freedom Church. I'm Pastor Brett, the Associate Pastor here at Next Level Freedom Church. Thank you for tuning in. This is our first service back since Cross Connection. And I don't know about anybody else in here, but I'm still kind of reeling from Cross Connection. Like, on my way to work Monday morning, I was just like, like not wanting to go. Because I wanted to come back to that tent that was going to disappear. We, I mean, that's how it goes, but... It was something, wasn't it? Those of you guys that I mean, we we were all there, right? I mean, it was yeah. it was something. There was healings that took place. There was salvation that took place from first first time churchgoers that were just in the presence. I mean, we seen people just getting down before God, and I don't even know how to. It's just one of those things you had to experience, and it was it was life changing it was life changing for me and i know it was life changing for a lot of other people yes. so praise god yes. so god. i guess i want to ask is who's excited about what god is doing in Excel freedom church amen yes. there's awesome things that are happening and awesome things that are taking place and it's good it's good it's good it's good to be a part of what god is doing amen amen, amen. so tonight I'm going to be finishing up my series on godlessness. I was debating all week on, even during, or last week, trying to figure out which direction I'm supposed to go. Am I supposed to finish this thing up? Am I supposed to add, you know, put all these things together and close this thing out? What am I supposed to do? And I'm praying last night that, you know, I, well, I figured out I'm going to do this, but then I'm praying last night for direction for what to do next. And as soon as I got done praying, I closed my eyes and I rolled over and bam, just like that, God answered the prayer, put in my head everything for the whole next series. So be on the lookout for that. We're going to talk about that next week. And But tonight, we're going to talk about heartless people. That's the title of this. This is part six, I believe. So we're in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 3 and 4. And I'm not sure, is this the, okay, we'll read the ESV first, and then I'm going to read the King James. Uh, verse 3 in the ESV says, Heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So if you want to go back and read 2 Timothy chapter 3, you'll get all of that really in context. But we've read it so many times. But in the King James it says, without natural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good. See, there's times that I love the King James because it's so much. It just it's so much more powerful. It seems like in some mm -hmm. of the other translations, like mm -hmm. without natural affection, mm -hmm. it just sounds like 
it just I don't know. It's just more powerful. The the wording is more powerful. But so we're going to talk about that without natural affection, or uh, if it makes more sense to you, heartless, because that's really what we see taking place. It's a heartless world, isn't it? So we're going to talk about that. We're going to move into. We're going to talk about the negative, and then we're going to move into the positive. And where we end tonight. It's kind of going to be where we pick up, to, uh, not tomorrow, but I wish it was tomorrow, uh, where are we going to pick up next Wednesday, okay? So, what do you guys think? Is this world cold-hearted? Mm-hmm. It chews you up and spits you out, don't it? That's what it feels like sometimes. But thank God we have hope, amen? Yeah. Thank God that we serve a risen Savior. That's right. If we didn't have that risen Savior, then guess what? No hope. And that's where the world is right now. So, do we still do we still see natural affection for the human race amongst believers? I hope that we do. Amen. Amen. Sorry, guys. I gotta take a quick one. That drainage all week, sinus drainage. But so, natural affection for the human race. Now, if we walk out into the world, are you gonna see that natural affection from somebody that you don't know? It's kind of. I don't even know if I'd call it 50-50. Because most of the people, like, when me and Trenton, we went to Nebraska to the conference we went to, everybody there was, hey, I mean, they'd come up to you, didn't know you, ask where you're from, want to know who your mama was and everything. I mean, that's just the way they were. Like, they just, they wanted to love on your neck and talk to you. We got back in Missouri, I'm talking at gas stations, back in Missouri, and you'd say, hey, man, how's it going? Just wouldn't even look at you, just kept going. And it was like, man. So this makes me think, do we have natural affection for our fellow humans. I guess we don't want to call them fellow believers in Christ, but for our fellow humans that are out there, do we still have that? What do we see out there? So here's what I see. Let's go through some of these things that I see. We'll talk about them. People don't say hello anymore. We just covered that one. People don't even want to say hi. I don't get it. Now, I mean, back whenever I was a punk in my teenage years, you know, I was walking around like I was better than everybody else and knew everything. I'd do the same thing. You know, I remember the, one of the teachers would want to shake your hand, and I wouldn't shake his hand. He'd put his hand out to shake, and I'd just be like, yep, yeah, nope, and I'd walk off. You know, because I was cool, right? But at least that's what I thought. So people don't say hello anymore, and that's a sad thing that we see. There is no sense of friendship or being neighborly anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to tell on anybody, so I'm not going to do that, but I know from my own experiences... I don't know any of my neighbors, really. Is that my fault? Maybe. But is it their fault? Maybe. But where's the sense of being neighborly at anymore? The sense of just inviting somebody over to eat a meal or taking something to somebody. You know, we we don't see that a whole lot anymore. People have strayed away from that type of stuff. Nobody wants to be friendly. Nobody wants to be neighborly. There's no respect for the other guy or girl. There's no respect anymore. It's just like when you're waiting on a parking spot and you've been there for like three minutes waiting on the lady to put the groceries in the car and she's taking her sweet time because she don't care, right? she got nothing else to do all day. And you're sitting there and then the next thing you know, she backs out, she pulls away and here comes a car. Right in there. Anybody ever had that happen? Someone steal your spot? No respect for the other guy. So we're talking about heartless people. Now you're like, well, that's kind of that's not really that big a deal. Someone took your parking spot. Okay. How about when people run you over in a car? Hit and runs. You ever see those? 
Yeah. I just seen what I was watching a YouTube video the other night. These kids out in the street, and here comes a car, 70 mile an hour, just boom, plowed about three or four of them down. Just kept on going. That's pretty cold hearted, ain't it? And you think, oh, well, that, that doesn't happen very often. I bet you it happens way more times than you realize that it happens. It happens all the time. We're seeing things like that take place. The, the point of what I'm getting at here is people are just, there's no love. There's no affection. There's no caring anymore. You know, you go back and if we could go back in time and go to like the, the 50s or the 40s and stuff like that, you know, you go back and you can see videos and stuff. I like watching those uh, from like the 1800s or like the late 1800s where or early 1900s, and there's no sound in anything. And they've put color to them. So it basically, it's people just walking around, and somebody's walking around with whatever type of camera it was they had at that earliest point, whenever that year was. And they're just looking at this guy and this camera, and they're all waving at him because, like, hey, this is a newfangled thing, right? But it's neat because you see the way people are acting. And nobody's acting back then like we do now. You're watching people be courteous. And it's really neat to go back and you're watching these earliest recordings of actual video and people are just being courteous to each other. We don't have that anymore. We don't see that anymore. We have this attitude of it's all about me and what's mine is mine and what's yours might be mine too if I want it. <laughs> right? We see that. We see that all the time. We just forget everybody else. It's all about me. People are heartless. People are cold-hearted. People aren't courteous anymore. They're ready to fight and cuss you out for no reason. Anybody ever had that? Mm -hmm. They don't know you, but they don't like you. You took my spot. <laughs> you took my parking spot. You took my seat. You took whatever it is. We live in a time of evil when nobody cares about the truth. They tell lies on each other just to get ahead. It's a cold world. Wow, Pastor Brett, you're just giving me all these things to be depressed about tonight. <laughs> What kind of preaching is this? We're getting there. We're getting there. I got a few more. People are out of control believing that we can just do whatever we want. Right? Y'all see that? Yeah. We've all probably been a part of that, amen? At some point, come on, no lying. We in church now. We just do what we want thinking there's no consequences to what we do because they don't obey the rule of law anyway. So we know it's a law, but we're going to break the law, and we don't care about the consequences of the law because we don't care about the law. You don't care about the consequences if you don't care about the law, right? Amen. And that's where we're at. We're in a society that believes that way. That's why we, you know, a couple weeks ago I preached about the kids. Or was it last? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. That's, that's why the kids are doing what they're doing. That's why the kids have no identity. That's why the kids don't know who they are because they have this mentality that they can do whatever they want and there's no consequences. Now you're seeing, not to get off topic, but now you're seeing transgenders that want to revert back to what they're supposed to be and they can't do it. Now they got to face the consequences. I saw this one video of this uh, girl transitioned to a boy and wanted to transition back. Now her voice sounds like this and she's going bald. And there's no way to reverse it. You see, there's consequences. But when you're in the midst of the sin, you don't care about the consequences, do you? So when we're in the midst of being heartless, we don't care about the consequences. First John. Nope, yep. Let's go to First John chapter 2. But before that, 
We as people have become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. That's why we do these things without thinking that there's any consequences, right? That's why we do those things. Pleasure has become the cheapest high that people can get. Whatever makes you feel good, just do it because it's, it's free. All right? Pleasure. It's, it's like this... It's almost like a drug. It's like this internal drug that you just do whatever you want. You want more of it and more of it and more of it and more of it. And then the next thing you know, you're so trapped in sin, you can't see God anymore. You're lost up in your pleasure. Pleasure says, do as thou wilt. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it, all right, but screw the consequences. You know that do as thou wilt comes from, uh, it's a famous quote from a Satanist, basically. Uh Oh my gosh, I had the name on the tip of my tongue. Aleister Crowley, I believe, was his name. Do as thou wilt. In other words, that's the whole, he says, do as thou wilt, that's the whole of the law. In other words, do whatever you want. It's one of the major things in Satanism. It gets you in trouble, gets you in big trouble, because do as thou wilt is called sin. It's sin. Because we walk off into our own lustful desires and our own lustful pleasures, and the next thing you know, you're trapped in sin and you're in death. But God says if you follow pleasures and your own desires, you are, then you are blinded by lust and the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. That's what pleasure is. It's a lust for something. It's not always sex. It's a lust for something. Money, power, drugs, sex, whatever it is. You're, you're seeking that pleasure and it's a high. It brings you somewhere that, you're, that you like. But it leads you somewhere you don't want to be. First John chapter 2, 15 through 17. <clears throat> love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Alright, y'all got to deal with that one. So do I, right? If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. You can't have it both ways. Nope. You can't have your sinful, lustful desires and have God living inside of you. Because when you accept Christ, your sinful, lustful desires are washed away. Not to, not to say that you're never going to struggle or you're never going to have to deal with those things, but what it says is now you have a Savior, right? Someone that has atoned for those things. It's our job now to make sure we don't let them back in. Verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, guess what? Is not of the Father, but is of the world. Now you got another problem. Because if you have all of these things in you, now it says they're not of God. They're of the world. So now you're, now, you, now you're realizing that you're living in the world. Verse 17. So now that you realize that you're living in the world, it tells us in 17, and the world, the thing that you're living in, is passing away, and the lust thereof is passing away. But he that doeth the will of God does what? Remains forever. He abideth forever. He remains forever because he's in God. So if you're in the world, you don't you you pass away. Christians, wake up. We can't be heartless. We can't be like the world. Because it's telling us what the world's got looking, what, what the world has coming for them. See, there's a way out of that, and that's what 1 John is all about. He's telling you, look, if you do sin, you have an advocate who's with the Father, who is Jesus Christ. He is your advocate. He's the one that says, No, he's mine. He argues on your behalf. If you're in Him. Amen. If you're in Him. You live in like the world and you're in the world, you ain't got Him. Right. Now I'm not saying that you ain't going to sin and you ain't going to mess up. Because remember we've preached about this, we've talked about this before. It's that continual walking in sin that we have to work to get out of our lives. And hey, it's taken me years 
to get something out of my life. Years. Mm -hmm. And I'm just now at a point where I'm getting it out of my life. Amen. But see, it's a process. It doesn't give us the right to keep sinning, but it gives you the right to work on it and to say, God, I messed up. I'm sorry. And you'll eventually, you'll get there because you're seeking after the Father. You're not seeking the things of the world, but sometimes the things of the world do everything they can to find you. Amen? Amen. They will do everything they can to find you because the enemy wants you to pass away with the world. Your lack of natural affection and your inability to tell the truth and the lust and the pleasure that you seek is leading you one place, and that is destruction. That's right. It's leading you to destruction. The world puts their love in the things of the world because they don't know the love of the Creator who created the world. That's right. Come on. I'm going to read it again. The world puts their love in the things of the world because they don't know the love of the Creator who created the world. You have a Creator who loves you. You have a Creator who sent His Son to die on a cross, to shed His blood, to be nailed to it, to that cross, to hang there for hours, gasping for air, saying, forgive them, for they know not what they do all the way there. Forgive Brent because he didn't realize how stupid he was being. They don't have a godly natural affection because worldly pleasures have perverted their once natural affection. Mm. You see, you can have the best intentions in the world, but without God, those best intentions can be perverted and turned into something that you never wanted. I'll just do this once. It'll be gone. One time leads to two times leads to you're dead. You know, and I don't know a whole lot about drugs or anything like that. But I, I hear these stories where people do heroin for the first time or do meth or they, you know, fentanyl and all these different things that are out there. And they die the very first time they touch it. And just like that, they're shot out into eternity. Because of one mistake. One mistake. If you're sitting here tonight, your one mistake is over and you're still alive. You need to praise God. And not do it again. Move on. Find that natural affection. Find that affection for your wife or for your husband or for your children. And start living in something more and greater than yourself. Start respecting your parents. All of us. Respect and respect their wishes. Whether you like it or not. I, you know what? I'm older now. I can say this. I thought I knew everything. I thought I was smarter than my parents. Right? Anybody else? Right? We all thought that. Now we're looking back and we're going, man, that was stupid. And we're watching our kids start the same stuff. And we're like, hey, I've been there. And like, you don't know me. You don't know nothing about me. It's a new age. Oh, yeah. I know everything. Yeah, you might be dealing with new problems, but it's the same old sin. It's the same old devil just trying something different. He, he ain't got nothing new. He ain't got nothing new. What kids are dealing with now with the homosexuality and the transgender and all that stuff, it was going on thousands of years ago. It's just making full circle coming back around. It ain't going to win. It ain't going to win. I promise you that. That's right. Christians, this world's believed a lie. We've believed lies. We've been told that, there's, that we have no power. 
We've been told that. And look, our power comes from above. It's not us, amen? amen? It's not like I heal anybody or I do anything. It's the God who lives inside of me. I'm just a vessel he chooses to use. But you see, we have believed a lie. We've we believed that we're nothing, that we have no power, that there's nothing within us. That there, You know what? If you was at Cross Connection, you've seen somebody healed if you, if you hung around. You've seen people up there. You don't come up to the front of 60, 70 people or whatever it is and bawl your eyes out just because it looked like fun. No. There was a move of God taking place. You've seen the power of God come down. You've seen people that don't go to church. You've seen people that come into church with their hands in the air. People that never put their hands in the air with their hands in the air with tears running down their face. That's a move of God. You see, it's, it's not about us. It's not about us at all. It's about having... Where do I want to go? It's about recognizing that natural affection and recognizing that we need hope and recognizing that we need to have a heart for our fellow believers who have gone through things and people that are that are new to the faith and that they're, they're seeking after something that's greater than them. They need to have that experience and they met God in a way they never had before that night. And you know what was even more powerful than that? Is the way that people gathered around and laid hands on those people mm -hmm. and prayed for them. Yes. And nobody left till everybody had prayer that wanted it. That's love. That's natural affection. Mm -hmm. That's the love of God. Oh, we once believed those lies about us. We gotta stop believing those lies about us. You gotta stop believing that you're worthless. You gotta stop believing that you'll never be more than uh what do I want to go? Never be more than who you are now. You never be you'll never be more than the criminal. You'll never be more than the drug addict. You'll never be more than the alcoholic. You'll never be more than a, that homosexual. You'll never be more than whatever sin that you're trapped in. Stop believing that. That's a lie. That's a lie. It's all a lie. Stop believing that you're just sick and twisted. Stop believing that. You are a new creation in Christ if you've accepted Jesus. All that old stuff has passed away. Things are new in you. we got to start seeing that we're new. We're, we're made new. Why do you want to live in the old? Why do you want to live in those things? Well, I can't, I can't give it up. Then you don't know who Jesus is. And that's real talk. If, if you think that the thing that you have is better than the God that you serve, then you don't know who Jesus is. Amen. Amen. Hey, I struggle too. And I've got to ask myself these questions. Man, why do I keep, why does my mind keep going back to that God? I don't want that anymore. I don't want that, Lord. Why does my mind go there? What are those thoughts coming into my head, God? I don't want them. If you don't want them, rebuke them. Okay. Train your thought pattern. Yep. Train your thought pattern. And look, you're never going to be perfect. You're going to struggle. You're going to fight. But the thing is, is you've got, you've already won, guys. You're an overcomer because of what Christ did. You've already won. Amen. We have already won this battle. Verse 16 of 1 John again, I want to read it. Let me back up. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, it is of the world. 
We were in everything that this world had to offer, but we didn't know the Father who created us. So what? it's just like Miss Lisa said a few Sundays back. The world don't know who they are because they haven't met the one that made them. We are supposed to know who we are in Christ, but we're so caught up in, oh, I can't give this up. I just can't give it up. If you give it to Him, oh man, come on. Anybody that's whoever, who has ever given anything up, Jesus is so much better. Amen. He's so much better. Coming into church, having people hug on your neck and love on you and tell you that they love you and being there for you. As much as they can, nobody's perfect. Everybody can't be everywhere all the time. But to be there for you, mm -hmm. the stuff that the Holy Ghost does, the gifts that He gives you, and how you get to operate in those gifts, and the things you get to see is so much greater than one drug or one sip of alcohol or one one thievery, whatever it is that you're out there and that you're stuck in. There's no high better than what God can give you because it never ends. Amen. The high never stops. Oh, but I get to I, I get down. Yeah, we get down. We're people, but the high doesn't stop because God never leaves you and He never forsakes you. That's the promise that He gives us. He doesn't walk away because you're feeling blue. No, if we get down, He picks us up again, just like the song from Audio Adrenaline says. He picks you up and he puts you back on the path. He dusts you up and he says, man, I love you. I know you messed up, but I'm right here. Let's walk this out together. Yeah. You ain't never alone when you got Jesus. Amen. When you're in the world, you can have five million friends. But whenever you need one of them, guess who's not there? Of None of them. None of them's there for you. Romans chapter 3, 21 through 23. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We cannot look at people as a bunch of filthy sinners. Amen? Right. If I look at people as a bunch of filthy sinners, it changes my attitude towards them. It does. I don't want to be around them. They nasty. Now, there's places in the Bible where it says to avoid such people. But what that means is don't get involved in what they involved in. That's what it means. It doesn't mean we can't try to reach them. It doesn't mean we can't be there for them. We need to remember that the only difference between us and the world is the cross. Y'all understand that? Mm -hmm. The only difference between me and the world is the cross and what Jesus did on it. They ain't heard about the cross. They don't know what happened at the cross. That's why they're still living in sin. Now, yeah, there's going to be people that says, I don't care what happened at the cross. They're going to reject it till the day they die. And that ain't good. But those people are out there. We need to look at people the way that God looks at them. You know that Jesus loves the crack addict as much as he loves Pastor Brett. Because Pastor Brett is just Brett. And God loves me, and he loved me enough to die for me. He loved me enough to send his son to die on that cross. That that person out there tonight that's putting, some, putting a needle in their arm, that ain't never been to church, don't know nothing about Jesus, don't want to. He loves him just as much as he loves me tonight. If that don't humble you, 
if that don't make you look at yourself and say, wow, look what he did for me. That should make you want to work. Should make you want to work. But the problem is people get so self-righteous, don't we? We think God loves us more than he loves anybody else because we go to Next Level Freedom Church, God loves us all more. No, that ain't it. We don't believe that. That's what we got to get away from. We get, I mean, okay, I, I've seen the Christians. I've seen these Christians. Yep. Nose in the air. Yep. I can't do nothing wrong. I go to the such and such, such and such church of the such and such. And I sit on the council of the elders and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, I don't care. Doesn't mean nothing. Because if you don't know the God that loves the crack addict as much as he loves that person, then that person don't get it. They don't get it. Because they don't think that God loves this person. And that's sad. We can't be those people. We cannot be those people. We cannot be that self-righteous. <clears throat> the only difference is the cross and what Jesus did. I can't stress that enough. That the only difference is the cross and what he did. Jesus died for them too. It doesn't matter how bad you think their sin is. You're, you, you need to worry about yourself. Their sin is between them and God. Oh, well, he's a, he's a bad sinner. Oh, yeah, well, let's explain that. Please, take some time and tell me about your past and tell me how you're not a bad sinner. Right. Well, I never killed nobody. You didn't? Did you ever think about it? Jesus mm, Come on. You know, that type of thinking makes me think like, man. I've had some thoughts over the years. <laughs> yeah. Me too, Brad. Me too. Lustful thoughts? Come on. Yeah. What did Jesus say? And, you know, that's how we got to look at it in our heart. You thought about killing somebody? It's in, in your heart. You did it. Mm. Yeah. Lusting after somebody? In your heart, you did it. Here's the great part about it, guys. Jesus died for it. But you got to understand, you can't be pointing fingers. Their sin's worse than my sin. <laughs> no. Not in Jesus' mind. Come on. He loves that person. Sinner or not, he loves them. He don't love what they're in, but he loves them. And he's looking at me going, dude, I know what you did. How are you going to sit there and point fingers at that guy? Right. I've been I've been reading your mind for 40 years. <laughs> Way worse than what he just did. Mm. I'm just being real tonight. I'm trying to get everybody to, to get this concept. The only difference is the cross. It doesn't matter what you think. Jesus paid it all. Right. You know, the gift is waiting for them too. Yeah. There was a point in your life where the gift was waiting for you. Mm -hmm. Where did you get saved? I got saved at a youth rally. Uh, from a preacher who looked like Al Bundy from the show Married with Children. And I, I can remember it vividly. I went back there and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And somebody at that point thought I needed to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, a good Baptist boy who had no idea what that meant. So I said that prayer 57,000 times and it never happened. I had no idea what it was. Somebody was pushing me into something I didn't understand. But I understood salvation. But you know what? From that point, 
I got fed so much stuff in my life that I thought every time I sinned, I had to be resaved and resaved and resaved and resaved because of these sins. He died once. I accepted him into my heart for real one time, and he come in. Changed my life. I look back on that, and I know that that was the day. Isaiah 53, 6. Oh, sorry guys, let me back up here. Isaiah 53, 6. I'm getting real close, I promise. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. So what does it say? The Father laid on him. What did he lay on Jesus? The iniquity. Your sin. Your filth. Your gunk. Let's read. Iniquity is immoral or grossly unfair behavior. All of our gross and immoral behavior was laid on Jesus. Everything you ever did. Oh, now I got your wheels turning, don't I? Come on. It's laid on him. Laid on Jesus. So who did Jesus die for? Everybody. 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 So I'm going to show you. Uh, 2 Timothy. And I don't think I gave Pastor Trenton this, but I'm going to read it. It's okay. So 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is what we've been talking about. It says, for people will be lovers of self. So Jesus died for all those people that are lovers of self. For all the people that are lovers of money, for all the proud, for all the arrogant, for all the abusive, for all those disobedient to parents, for all the ungrateful people. He died for all the unholy people. He died for all the heartless people, all the unappeasable, the slanderous, all those without self-control, all the brutal people, all those people that don't love good. He died for the treacherous. He died for the reckless, for those swollen with conceit, for those that were lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And he died for those having the appearance of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Avoid those people, it says. Mm -hmm. In other words, avoid being like those people. Reach them. Don't be like them. Look at verse 5 again. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. These people have a form of godliness in their own minds because they believe they're in control of their own destinies. Mm -hmm. You know what that is? That's a godlike mentality. I control. You don't control Jack. I got news for you. You don't. You may think that you do. You may think that you have this thing all figured out, but you don't control it. They got a God complex. Anybody know somebody with a God complex? Mm -hmm. They think they're great and they can do nothing wrong. You know what? In a way, they're seeing themselves as God. That's exactly what they're doing. Nobody controls me. Nobody controls what I do. I do what I want. And that's the way it is, and that's the way it's going to be. All the while, the real God offers more and more. And more and more ivory prayed over me. You've been asking for more. You're about to get it. That's the same thing spoken over me a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then I got it then. And I got it today. I got more. Mm-hmm. I'm praying for more. And I want more. What they have may look like godliness to others. To the world. Everybody wants to be in control. And if you're in control, you look godly. Because you've got this godlike mentality. You don't look godly. Like real, like the like the God that we're supposed to try to be like, be ye holy as I am holy, like we're, we see in the scriptures. But they have this godlike complex to them. They look foolish to God. They look foolish to us. 
We are to avoid letting these people influence us. Our goal is to be a light, an example for real godliness, not godlessness. And there it is. Godliness, not godlessness. What are you walking in right now? People are looking for answers, and God will put the people in your path to see his goodness and mercy. If that ain't the truth, you know what? 20-something years ago, God put Pastor Trenton in a Baptist hallway going up the stairs, I think, right? Put him in my path and said, hey, we do some rallies. I was wondering if you'd like to preach at one of them. Changed my life forever. Never once crossed my mind that I'd ever speak or preach. <clears throat> Told people, nope, not what I want to do. Changed my life. Who did God put in your way? Who did God put right in your way to change your life? Because now you're the person that's going to get in somebody else's way. Right. And God's going to change their life. But you've got to believe that they're just as important as I am. As you are. Jesus went to it freely. What I want to do to finish this out tonight is I want to read all of Isaiah 53. And this will really lead us into where we're going. It's only 12 verses. Uh, I think it's ESV, I'm pretty sure. I want you to understand something, okay? This, this chapter in Isaiah 53 was written... It, it varies. I'm going to say it's probably 700 years old at best. Okay? So 700 years before Christ is what I meant to say. Mm -hmm. 700 years before Christ. 700 years before Jesus. Y'all follow? Say amen. amen. All right, I'll take it. 700 years before Jesus walked the earth, this was written about what would happen to him so that you could be saved. I'll give you three seconds on it. One... <laughs> Old Testament. All right. Chapter 53. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace and with his wounds we are healed all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity the sin of us all he was oppressed and afflicted yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is before its shears is silent so he opened not his mouth by oppression and judgment he was taken away, and for, this, and for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, 
although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has, he has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offering. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the, right, shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Who's that sound like? Jesus. Go read your Gospels. Let's go, go read about the crucifixion. And then come back and read that again. And see if that's not telling you about Jesus 700 years before he ever walked the earth. That's Isaiah prophesying about your Savior that came for you. That's how real God is. Can I, can, can I prophesy something that's going to take place in 700 years? God put it down for us to see it. It's proof. It doesn't matter, and this is where I'm ending. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you're doing now. Okay? It doesn't matter what you've done or what you're doing now. There is forgiveness because of the death of Jesus on that cross. That's what it is. Like it or lump it. It's true. You name me one other book in the world that can prophesy something 700 years in advance of it happening. I want to see it. You can't mistake that. You can't mistake it. So I'm going to end this series with a few words. And it's real simple. Step into godliness and out of godlessness. The world's full of godlessness. You don't need us to be a part of that. Be godly. Be holy. Have natural affection for people. Read through 2 Timothy chapter 3 from time to time and make sure that you're not walking in any of that mess. And if you are, repent and come out of it. Amen? I want to do one more thing. Get this out of my way. My next series that I'm going into is called The Attributes the Attributes of Jesus. What that's going to look like is this. We're going, to, we're going to look at basically every aspect of who Jesus was. And we're going to start with Jesus the Savior. And we're going to work our way back. And we're going to see all of the things that Jesus did. We're going to study him and look at him and see what he did in his life. And you're going to get a real clear picture, hopefully, of who your Savior is. But today, if there's somebody that doesn't know him, no, this ain't all fake. <laughs> it's not all fake. I'm telling you right now, there's a God that came in and changed my life. And I know, and I'm not being disrespectful because I know everybody in here, but I know some of your lives 
how they were and how they are now. Only God can do that. There ain't a man in the world that can change some of the stuff I've seen change in people's lives. That's only God. He changed mine. And maybe you think that, hey, I don't really live that bad. This stuff is all fake anyway. It's not real. Well, a 700-year-old, I don't know, I guess it'd be more than 700 years old, but 700 years before the time of Christ, prophecy, the Bible did that. God did that. I'm just asking you to think about that. If God knew that 700 years in advance, if, if, if Isaiah prophesied that 700 years in advance, what else is in the Bible? I'm going to encourage you. I'm just going to encourage you. I want you to go get a Bible. If you don't have one, come see me or Pastor Trenton. Or if you're online, find somebody that can get you a Bible. And I want you to read the book of John. Yeah, New Testament. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I want you to read the book of John. And I want to challenge all of you guys in here today because as we go through this, I want you guys to see, because John's the best book for it, to see the love of Jesus. Because we're going to see some things that Jesus did that you may not know. That maybe you've read and never thought about or never looked at it in a certain way. So I'm going to challenge everybody in here to read the book of John over this next couple of weeks as we get into this series. Read it. Read it with your husbands, read it with your wives, read it with your kids if you can. But tonight I want to encourage you, if you've never given your life to Christ, let tonight be that night. And if you say, I don't know that I'm ready, I need some more information, then come see me. Let's talk. Okay? That's all it'll be. I don't force you into anything. I won't push nothing on you. Neither will Pastor Trent. So... Let's just do this. Let's just close this out online. Uh, I want to go through a prayer. Because I want to give everybody an opportunity. We think so many things are important. We think the TV is important. We think our phones are so important that we can't miss nothing. We've got to get rid of that mentality and realize that there's so much more going on around us. So if that's you tonight and you want to accept Christ, it's simple. You simply just repeat after me. And you say, Dear Jesus... I know that I am a sinner. I know that you died for me. I acknowledge that you died and rose three days later. And I want you to be my Savior. Lord, come into my life and be Lord of my life and change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that, if you're in the house or if you're online tonight, if you said that, congratulations. You are a new creation in Christ, and now you are going to look at things differently. Begin to read your word. Begin to go to church and let God begin to make that transformation in you because it's coming. If you said it and you meant it, it's coming. Amen. All right. So thank you guys online so much for tuning in to Next Level Freedom Church. We greatly appreciate it. And if you can, we're here at 1225 Old Cape Road, Jackson, Missouri. If you're in the area, come visit us. We want to meet you. And if you can't, thank you for tuning in each and every week. God bless.